Hi everybody, welcome to this episode of Enlightenment Today. I'm Jason. In today's episode, we will be speaking about the meaning of life. So what is the meaning of life? We often debate as if there is a meaning of life, if there isn't, but today I'll let you in on a secret. There is no meaning to life. Now bear with me, bear with me. Now, when we look into the natural world, what do we see? We see the trees, the flowers, the grass, the water, the mountains, the air we breathe. And do they have a meaning? What is the meaning of a tree? What is the meaning of a flower? What is the meaning of the dirt? What is the meaning of a cold winter's day? You know, if you were to ask that question to somebody, what is the meaning of a tree? They would think you're a little bit crazy. So why do we assume that there is a meaning to life itself? In this sense, we are confusing our intellectual interpretation with nature. Now, this comes about because we think in linear terms a lot of the time. We think that there is an end and a beginning to life. But when we look into nature, nature itself is non-linear, it's cyclical, and it doesn't have an end or a beginning. It's, it's just process, it's all process. But what we do is we confuse our intellect with interpretations of nature. We think that nature is like this and like that, and we seek logical conclusions for nature. But how can we get a logical conclusion of nature? Nature itself is beyond logic. There is no meaning to a tree. There is no meaning to a flower. There is no meaning to dirt. You know, I was asked this question when I was a kid at primary school. Um, I was asked, you know, the teacher asked, what's the meaning of life? I had no idea. I was like 10, I think, at the time. I went home and told my dad about it. And my dad's usually pretty blunt. He said, oh, don't worry about that stuff, boy. You know. So he was very realistic about it. But we often confuse this intellectual interpretation with nature. We think that there should be a meaning. And this comes a lot, in some sense, from um, religion and, and philosophy, where they try to explain the whole universe. When, when we look in the Eastern traditions, the universe itself is unexplainable. It doesn't equate to in, an intellectual interpretation. It doesn't equate to a logical conclusion. Now, because we think of nature in these terms, we divorce ourselves from nature because we think nature is out there and nature has a meaning and we're going to examine it like a, a scientific study. And what this does is it divorces us from nature. It, it makes the human being separate from nature. And then we start to develop all of these subtle psychosis that we think that it's separate. And so we treat nature as an object and this leads to a lot of the ecological crisis that we see in the planet today because we think nature is there just to be used and we don't think that we are part of nature. We assume that we are separate of, from nature, which is one of the greatest mistakes that the human being has ever made because we are not separate from nature. Um, we just assume that. And because we assume that we are separate from nature, we use it as an object and then we begin to think that we are special as a result. We think that there's the human being and then there's the rest of the, the planet and the universe. There's the animal life, there's the mineral kingdom, you know, and there's the air we breathe, the atmosphere, the planet itself, all of the resources we use for our own comfort. And we, we assume that we are at the top of the chain and we are not actually a part of nature, which is actually against the Eastern uh, view of reality. Now, when we have a look at the East view of this perspective, they always tried to bring the human being back down to ground by saying that they are not special. In fact, we are no more special than the, the blades of the grass that we walk on, the air that we breathe. We are actually no more special than that, but we assume we are. Now, 
This perspective is not meant to be negative. Instead, this is supposed to liberate you from the illusion of seeking fame, the illusion of trying to be special. You know, most of our world these days has become a Hollywood view of reality where everybody is anxiously running around trying to become somebody. I've got to change the world. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And in the East, as Lin Chi said, just be ordinary and nothing special. The great Zen master once said. Um, and we often get into this illusion that we need to be famous. And then most of the time that the search of fame itself brings a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and actually brings us a lot of suffering. We don't know a lot about ourselves. And if you want to know more about this, you just go to Hollywood, where Hollywood on one hand can be one of the most wonderful places in the world, but on the other hand, one of the most saddest, where you see a lot of people in Hollywood who are anxiously trying to become somebody and they're not content with who they are in that present moment, they're not content with their life. And the Eastern view of reality is to, is to say, seek contentment first. And if fame comes, you know, that was, that was your fortune. It was, that was out of your hands. That just happened. So because we assume that we are separate from nature, we think we are special. So we, we seek to um, become famous or to be on the top of other people, standing on the shoulders of others, as they say. But when we look at the Eastern view of reality, the Eastern view of reality is completely different to this because the Eastern view of reality is more of a holistic view. It means that human beings are not special. Human beings are actually part of nature. They are an integral and mutual aspect of nature. They are not above. They are actually part of. They are not separate. They are connected with nature and all elements of it. So to imply that there is a meaning of the natural universe is absurd from the Eastern perspective because we are mutual. We are not above it. We are not below it. We are a part of it. So why would we assume if we, if we can't give a meaning to a tree, why would the human being have a meaning and why would life itself have a meaning? Again, this comes back to seeking, logical, uh, seeking a logical interpretation of life, a logical conclusion, which I know that this may be a bold statement, but we will never come to because life itself is beyond meaning. There is no meaning to life. Now, some of the answers in the East they give to this, um, this inquiry that we have about if there is a meaning of life is summed up with, there was, there was a quote actually by Alan Watts who articulated the thoughts of the East when he said, there is no meaning of life. The meaning of life is to just be alive. Now, a lot of people feel sad when they hear that. Just be alive is the meaning of life. And Thich Nhat Hanh once said that, you know, we're often walking around looking for miraculous things to happen in our life, but we don't realize that the miracle of life is right in front of us. The air that we breathe, the people we meet, the ground that we walk on, the movements of the body. This is the miracle of life. But we're seeking miraculous things because we're trying to be special. We're trying to stand out as if we are separate from everything else. So the Eastern view then comes to the point that Joseph Campbell said um, in, when he was speaking to Bill Moyers in The Power of Myth, where he said, you know, we are not really seeking a meaning of life. What we are doing is we are seeking an experience of being alive. Now, when Watts said that the, um, it, to just be alive is the meaning of life, this is kind of similar to what Campbell was saying. It's that we are, ex we are looking for this experience of being alive, but we often 
miss out on this experience of being alive because we are not paying attention. We are all dreamy up in our mind, thinking about the future, thinking about how can I be more famous than others, how can I be have more money than others, and we are not content with the way we are. So we are often seeking this, what we are really doing is seeking us an experience of being alive, not meaning. Now, the paradox of this is the experience of being alive gives us a sense of meaning on, on an individual level. Now, this kind of relates to another thing what Campbell often said was, you know, he, he said, follow your bliss, um, which comes from the Sanskrit uh, Satchitananda. Ananda means bliss, Ananda means um, that experience of being alive that makes us feel fully human in, in a moment of Zen, where you feel Zen in each moment. And, and that's what a lot of you know, artists and craftsmen, they have this sense of um, being alive, this, this sense of Zen in their life. So from following our bliss, um, we, we could get into an argument of passion versus purpose. But Campbell, what this really means is that we, we stumble upon our sense of purpose when we're just living our lives, okay? So you could call that passion. You know, there's a lot of argument here with, especially with Cal Newport's work, passion versus purpose. But basically, the real passion of life is when you find your purpose. It's when passion actually transforms into purpose. You know, a lot of people's passions can be very whimsical when they can say, I'm very passionate about music, and then they never practice music, for example. But when it's become a purpose, when it's become ingrained in your, in your being, you, you have a strong drive for that particular purpose. And this is the experience of being alive. This is what gives you that experience. Now, to get deeper into this, the Chinese would say that this is related to a word called li. Now, li means uh, organic pattern. Um, the Chinese have interesting ways to interpret their words. You know, li means um, the markings in jade and the fiber and muscle. So it means like a, a pattern in nature. And in relation to us human beings, there's a pattern within all of our psyches, which is which is um, somewhat different to each each one of us. You could relate this to archetypes, temperaments. And what this means is that when you stumble on your purpose, um, the reason you stumble on your purpose was because it mirrored what your particular um, organic pattern within your psyche mirrors. And when this matches up, then you begin to live your purpose fully. And using the, uh, the Eastern philosophical spiritual view is you begin to live your virtue. You, be, you, be, you begin to become a virtuous man. This is de in Chinese. De means um, virtue. It can mean charismatic power. Charismatic power can come from virtue, obviously. And also in Sanskrit, dharma. Now, dharma is a pretty inclusive word. Dharma can mean the Buddha's teaching. It can mean duty. But in this sense, it means virtue because yeah, it does mean virtue. And what this means is you begin to live your, your, your dharma and because you've found that organic pattern within yourself, you've found that purpose in your life that gives it this sense of meaning. It doesn't mean that it's the meaning of life. It's, it means that on a personal level, you've, you've colored the blank canvas of your life. You are the artist to your life and you've colored this and you are beginning to live your purpose as a result, which is the experience of being alive. Like I said before, because life has no meaning doesn't mean 
it's a very negative or fatalistic approach to life. It, it's, it's a liberating approach. It liberates you from the idea that you should be somebody, that you need to live up to these expectations, and it liberates you to feel that experience of being alive and discover your path, discover the lead, the organic pattern within your consciousness that allows you to live your virtue. Okay. Now, when we go deeper into this, this connection with your virtue is um, is what is is actually the process of union, the process of yoga in India, because you've begun to bring the universe forth from within you and into the world, and you begin to inspire others. Others, this is as they would say in China, is bringing the Tao forth, bringing heaven to earth, bringing the formless reality that we can't see into the world of form, which inspires others. So. Like I say, we could, we could say this gives our life meaning, but it, it, is, it is just the way nature expresses itself through us, okay? This is the way nature expresses itself through us. Just like as we have the aroma of a flower, where we have the aroma of a flower, we have the flower, right? We have the daffodil, we have the rose, these are different flowers and they have different aromas and this is what Li is, they bring in their essence into the cosmos. But our aroma as human beings is art, meaning it's self-expression. But you've got to keep in mind, and this is what the East will always do, they always bring you back down to ground, that your expression is no more special than the aroma of a flower. It's just your natural process. It's nature presenting itself through you. That's how it is with human beings. That's how nature expresses itself. And nature expresses itself through us because we are nature, a part of nature, through self-expression, through the art that we produce. And that doesn't mean painting and this and that. It can it, anything. It can be sport. It can be gardening. It can be a beautiful connection and a relationship. This is an art form itself. It can be writing, so forth and so on. This is how nature is. So what is the meaning of the art that we produce? Is, does it have meaning or is it beautiful? Are we attracted to ascetic forms? Are we attracted to the ascetic-ness of life? Or are we seeking an intellectual interpretation? And when you get down to the basics of it, we are seeking the ascetic-ness of life. That's why we enjoy the aroma of a flower. We enjoy a beautiful wine. We enjoy a beautiful company with people. We enjoy a beautiful sunset walking in the mountains, the air we breathe, we are seeking this ascetic-ness of life, but we are cutting that off because we think we are divorced from nature and then we begin to live in superficial societies that promote this temperament, okay? So when we understand that a miracle is happening all around us, and when we understand life has no meaning, but, it, but the beauty of life is always there, we realize that life itself is a continuous happening. It's an eternal becoming. Life itself is the organic world of nature. So the eternal becoming itself is itself beyond meaning. It's beyond meaning. And that is our life as well. That is the miracle of life. That we don't have this meaning which frees us to live the life that we were meant to live. So there actually is no meaning to life. But as I said, our purpose that we usually stumble across, you can't really seek that life itself usually guides you that way, then you begin to live um, your life fully. You begin to have the experience of Zen, the ex experience of being alive, which is beyond the sense of meaning, of an intellectual interpretation. 
of a logical conclusion. So really there is no fundamental meaning of life you could say. But your experience of being alive is what gives your life meaning and inspires others along the way. That's what we're all seeking to do. It is the experience of life we seek which is beyond any meaning we can conceive of. And when we begin, as I said, to live that life fully, we begin to inspire others because we are in harmony with the ascetic-ness of life. We are presenting nature itself in its pure form. And that doesn't have an intellectual interpretation. It doesn't have a meaning. What does a piece of, a, a beautiful piece of music, does it have a meaning or do we just get absorbed in that moment? And that's what we're here. That's why we're here, to be absorbed in that moment. And that moment is right now. And if we can't appreciate that the miracle, around, the miracle of life is all around us, then we will miss the experience of being alive because we will be confused into thinking that it should have meaning. So that's the episode today, folks. And um, I know it's a lot to take in. But remember, you don't have to be vexed by certain questions of, is there a meaning to life? Because your life only has meaning when you begin to, to paint your own canvas and give it a sense of purpose, okay? So it's been enjoyable speaking to you today and I'll see you again next time.